You're listening to The Rosie Rose Show, where Rosie shares bite-sized episodes with tips to help you get your podcast started and published. Don't forget to grab a free copy of her ebook on the five steps to get your podcast started. Now, here's your host, Rosie Rose. Hello and welcome to Podcast with Rosie, the podcast that empowers you to be that successful podcaster, confident and consistent in your episodes and have that podcast that you want to share with the world. If you're wondering about the five steps to start your podcast, go to the link in the show notes to get your download for free to help you clarify and understand that getting your podcast out there is actually much easier than you think. It's Rosie Rose here with you again for another episode. And today I want to tackle a myth that comes up time and time again. And I want to spend some time going into detail about the idea that you need a large audience in order for you to release a podcast. So today I've got eight things that I want to share with you. Eight points. Now the list is not exhaustive, but these are eight that have helped me. And I want to share them with you so that it builds your confidence to know that having a podcast out there with starting with a very low, if not zero audience still can be as impactful as someone who is sharing their world, their stories and their message to a large widespread audience. So Let's get into it and I hope that a couple resonate with you today to understand that you can have a small audience to start a podcast. I just want to remind you also that they're not in particular order or not one of these points are more important than the other. They do help with when you are putting your podcast together in the early stages and releasing each episode out there to keep these points in the back of your mind to know that you are doing the right thing and I want you to stick at it. Okay, so the first one is to be authentic. When you're starting your podcast, you're practicing your authenticity with a small audience. So you are getting into the crevices and depths of being able to show who you are, where you're from, what you like, what you don't like, and really weave that into your episode. The more authentic you are, the more your audience are going to like you. They're quickly going to gravitate to you and they're going to trust you even more. And I've mentioned this in the past, but the moment that you hit the listener's ear, our brains are so attuned to different sounds and tones and voice changes that you can hear someone and pick up the minutia of how somebody is speaking and the way that they deliver their message. And if their tone is a little bit different, it kind of puts you off a little bit. So having that practice to be authentic with your audience and really delve into who you are will get your audience to start to get to know you as a person. And you can share bits and pieces of yourself that are authentic. And look, you don't have to share every single detail of your life, but you can share specific parts that are relatable and be that authentic person that they want to go to when they need your product service or anything more from you. And they're there's a little bit of an inkling. It's like, oh, so-and-so's got a podcast and I really like the way she sounds, he sounds. And you gravitate towards that and you really, really hone in and listen uh, to them more and more. So think of a podcaster that you listen to and you look forward to their episodes. It's because they've built their trust with you through being authentic. So the next one is having a smaller audience, you can take different chances to try different things out with a smaller group of people and experiment. So with a smaller audience, that brings that safe space to experiment with content, the format, style, 
And you, you don't have that pressure on your shoulders to cater to the large crowds and their preferences that they're wanting from you and they're expecting a certain thing from you. So when you have a smaller audience, you can try different things. Your audience might like it or not like it. You can ask and test out what you like with your audience and see how they receive it. That way, then you can make the changes to suit what your audience are wanting. So an example of this would be, I'll take my podcast, for example. It's when I pivoted and changed my cover art. And at the very beginning, I started off with maybe two or three listeners. And sure, they were, they were tuning in and they were showing their support. And as I grew and changed my style and format of podcasting and the way that I was delivering my message, I changed my podcast cover as well. And so that that changed and I, I made an episode about it, but it gives you the chance to be able to tweak and change things as you go along. You'll notice that with podcasters, I've seen two who have done it and they've just slipped it in, explained about it and have just kept going. So Jasmine Starr and Kathy Heller have both changed their podcast cover art and also Kathy Heller changed her, her podcast from a business podcast to more of a spiritual podcast and she's taken her audience along with her for the journey. Number three is you get to build community. You get to invite people into your world as a podcaster starting out and build that tight-knit community where it where this is really, really much more feasible as a smaller audience. And it, it gives you the ability to create deeper connections and engage directly with your listeners. So you can ask them questions directly and get them to engage with feedback and what they want to listen to. And you can create something that can help them almost one-on-one. So having a smaller audience to build that community is really great because when you do expand and you do grow your audience, you won't be able to cater to the DMs that are asking particular things of you because you'll no doubt have a team or you'll have people helping you. So it's a nice tight-knit thing that you can do and be that person to help the listener on the other end. I really like that one. Number four is feeding off number three is you have the ability to listen to feedback and listen to the the constructive feedback and the encouragement and you can listen to that straightforward in a, almost a single channel where it's directly sent to you to receive that feedback, tweak and hone your show. And when the listener has some ownership in your podcast, there's no doubt that they're going to be a lifelong listener. So when you establish that personalized feedback that comes back and forth, that gives you the ability to receive that detail input from a totally different perspective from your listener that you might not have seen coming. And no doubt your listeners are always there to make you better and improve your podcast. Number five is with a smaller audience, they've come to listen to you because you share a particular niche you're focused on a particular segment of that niche. So when you really pinpoint a particular part of your niche, that's why people are tuning in to that episode or that or your podcast because they're looking for an answer to something out there that is to their specific need and you might be the person that they want to answer their question. So if you're niched right down in your episodes, Having that smaller audience, you can actually almost have a direct conversation because of the specificity in what you're delivering in your episodes. How cool is that? And it's something, like I said, 
you won't get when you have a much larger audience. So embrace that, really take that in. You might only have two or three listeners, but they're humans and they're tuning into you. And we know that there are over 2 million podcasts out there and growing. So they've chosen to listen to your podcast. How cool is that? This might sound counterintuitive. However, number six is it's easier to connect with fewer listeners because they're the ones that are well engaged and wanting to see your podcast succeed, wanting to see what the next thing that comes out from you is, wanting to eventually work with you as time goes on. So with fewer listeners who will really want to be your lifelong listeners, it'll be easier to connect with them. And people like other podcasters, guests in in a parallel niche. So that could be a niche where you're teaching about hair care and you'd like some help in the beauty segment section that you could reach out to someone who uh, specifies in nails and skincare. And that's a great way to connect. Number seven, starting off your podcast with a small audience takes the pressure away from having to have the whiz bang and major production costs. So you're keeping the costs down and sticking to a budget. A smaller audience can mean, like I said earlier, you can test and change and experiment things until you find your groove and you're working with a smaller pool of resources that are needed. So equipment, um, a type of microphone, your marketing, you're not going to be spending a whole ton of money in marketing ads when you're just starting out your podcast with a small audience. So you can play around with it and get your groove into it and practice without the overwhelm of having to spend up big. So then I think that takes the pressure off you having to think about, I have to pay for all of these overheads to make my podcast work. But you can do that down the track and you can elaborate and expand and upgrade as your podcast grows and becomes more successful. And number eight, this one is one that will help you when you're not feeling confident or thinking that no one will listen. The pressure to do well on your first few episodes, 20, 30 episodes is less when you have a smaller audience because you're still finding your groove. So I hope that helps with trying to get rid of the thought of perfection because there's a whole array of people listening, but really it's a handful to start off with and then it grows from there. So that means you don't have the increased pressure of trying to deliver something when you can just talk into the mic, deliver what you want to deliver, send your message and your story out there. And as time goes by, your confidence grows and your groove and the way that you present your podcast will become more natural to you. How good's that? So with my podcast, these eight points and not exhaustive, there were so many other things that contributed. But these eight things really got me thinking that I I don't need to have a major production studio like what I was doing in a radio studio, hone in and pull it back to the essentials. And then I progressed, changed my microphone, changed my program, developed my editing skills and that sort of thing. So each thing happened incrementally as my podcast grew. And I can't wait for that to happen to you and to hear one day where you say, well, you know what, my first 10 episodes, not so great, but I did learn and I was able to show my authenticity, practice my public speaking, improve my podcast as I went because I listened to my audience and they really fed me the right information to keep my podcast up and running and gave me that motivation to share the powerful message that I needed to share with them. So let's recap. Number one, 
You've got time to show your authenticity when you start your podcast. Number two, you've got a chance to experiment, change things, your formatting and style. Number three, you can build that community and really become a tight knit group where your audience become your lifelong listeners as you nurture them in every single episode over time. Number four, You have the chance to have the feedback from your listeners who only want you to improve and do better. With personal feedback, that is golden for you to improve your episodes and podcast as a whole. Number five, you're really getting specific and niching down. So your focus is when you have a small audience, you can share that same interest together and really understand each other's thoughts and ideas. Number six, it's much easier to connect with the fewer listeners who are constantly listening to your episodes than people who tune in and out in a bigger audience. You won't be able to cater to them at all. Take note of when thinking that you need to start a podcast with such a large audience. Really, you can start off with zero and build from there. With all of these eight points, hopefully this will decrease the overwhelm of how you're feeling to start and get your podcast up and running as well as keeping the momentum going. Even if you hone in on one and focus on that for a little bit and then progress to practicing the others. So practicing your authenticity for a while, doing some connecting with people, that sort of thing. Good luck with the rest of your podcasting journey. I can't wait to hear how you're going with your journey. Come and join me on Instagram at Podcast with Rosie to start the conversation about anything podcasting. I'll see you over there and I'll catch you in the next episode. 